Blind your eyes, steal your tongue, take it when you're over. Hello, Barely Watchable listeners. Before we begin this podcast today, I have an urgent disclaimer. Congrats, or I guess I should say good news. If you're listening to this podcast, I've enrolled you into college. You begin Monday. (laughs) That's all right. We did Undefeatable, which is, we're going back to the roots of this podcast, which is a mix of kung fu robotic acting and sexual assault the the holy trinity of the barely watchable podcast had all three and uh before we have our celebratory shot to start this podcast we uh we have a guest and it's because joel is once again again. on vacation (laughs) he gets like 27 weeks vacation the guy takes more vacations than a kardashian (laughs) but uh we have a very special guest for this podcast today um it's an old podcasting friend, the second half of the V8 Splash Brothers. It's been a while. Nick, glad to have you on. Nick, hey, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, <laughs> it's great to be back in the booth. Feel right in my natural element. Nice. Um, all right. Cheers. Prost. All right. One word or phrase to describe undefeatable. Eyeballs. <laughs> I'm going to jump on that one right away. Just eyeballs. <laughs> one word or phrase. Um, I, I, but the, the second one is just rapey. I mean, it's the catalyst for everything. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't start with rape, but I guess the movie begin. It doesn't begin with a rape, but it's like that is what gets this going. It seems like just a normal Jean-Claude Van Damme fight movie and then all of a sudden it turns into marital rape and then it's like okay this this is this is where this movie's headed to (laughs) get stingray going we know that i do love that stingray just gets hard at the thought of murdering people (laughs) (laughs) like that's the only way you can get it up is like i gotta remember the times i murdered people boxing (laughs) yeah i love his hair yeah, that um, you guys are probably too young. Uh, Joy Butterfuco, do you guys remember that whole? Uh, Just uh, an insane reference that <laughs> nobody will understand. Well, everybody over thirty. It's a niche audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like black jet black hair, you know, the perm. Yeah, mullet, mullet. perm, with the crazy looking eyeballs. Do you think Stingray then kept that haircut after the movie? Oh yes, like it's like still, his... and he's still rocking it today <laughs> for sure. He's like seventy five and is gray now. I can get, I can guarantee you, yeah, he's a silver fox mullet for sure. <laughs> Never played around with any haircuts in between. No. It's just one and done. No, he's still doing the, he's still rocking the double denim. He's still, <laughs> he's still got the same look from nineteen eighty nine or whenever this movie came out. I, I love the uh, ninety three, ninety three, the denim, close enough to eighties. The uh, the light blue washed out denim jeans that everybody wore in this movie. Those are pretty fucking awesome. And the leather coats. Let's not forget the leather coats. There's a- <laughs> Who's ever running the leather coat store in that town is making a killing because everybody everybody owns one. Every There's not one fight scene where it's like, wow, this would be 
really incredibly hard to fight in, like a leather coat, denim jackets. Like it, they picked the hardest <laughs> costume to fight in. They <laughs> they started had, at the hardest. Shoulder pads on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah, they're motion. They're just actively looking for motion restricting like <laughs> things. But it's about the clout. Like if you're a red dragon, like you just kind of have to show out and like fight through the fact that you can't properly move with the leather jacket. <laughs> I guess let's get into the the gangs because wherever this city town is, it's infiltrated by fighting gangs. It's warriors meets West Side Story, where it's not really violent. It is violent in the sense that like they fight, but it's like a dance fighting almost. Or? Not even dance fighting, but it's like um, the moment somebody touches the ground, the fight's over, and they respect each other and they shake hands and then they go on their ways. There's no blades. There's no. There's no death other than Stingray. <laughs> you can cross him. Yeah, you yeah. want to fucking cross Stingray. I think that might have. I think Stingray rocked the community by actually bringing out the murders. Like there probably had been no like that. Clearly, they were understaffed in the police department with only one shocking. Cop. Another movie we've done where the police there's no police involved at all. Two people. Two people. I think. Yeah, but they'd never seen a murder. It was just like they just shook hands afterwards and then paid their money up. Um, <laughs> a lot of money involved, too. I don't know. Yeah, who is paying for these death matches? Because there's no one in attendance. Right. It's just like two mobsters paying the two sides fighting. And they're the only two in attendance, at least in like, in uh, not Kickboxer. Well, I guess Kickboxer, but also the Jean Claude Van Damme, where it's like the underground fighting. Uh, why can't I think of that movie right now? Uh, Kumite. What was the Kumite movie? Yeah, it was, what the uh, hell was that one? Fuck, why can't we think of it? Um, but yeah, there's like You're thousands right, yeah. of people in attendance that are betting, paying on it. That's where this money's coming from. Right. A blood spark was the movie. But, there's um, no pay-per-view at all in this. I don't know who's who's yeah, who's yeah who's supplying these death matches. And why is it to the death? I have, I have no theory yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe by the end of the podcast, we work through and get a working theory on the paper trail behind it, but like, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a, I think it's just a big plot flaw, a loose hole. Well, it's funny because the first match is Stingray versus this black guy and it's a, it's a fight to the death and it's paid by the same underground fight. And then the second is our, our main actress, uh, Christy and her fighting is just fist fight and kick fighting. But then the first person that falls loses. So it's not to death. So there's just, I guess, multiple fighting leagues and one, one deadly, one non-deadly, all happening in some West Virginia town. I don't know where this movie takes place. Where is this town? Somebody Tulsa. It. Tulsa. <laughs> it's got like an Oklahoma sorry, feel. Yeah, sorry to throw Tulsa under the bus there. Yeah, looked hot wherever it was. The there fuck? was, <laughs> I was going to say, it needed like the room-esque shots of like, you know how in the room they sh- they showed San Francisco like 40 times to let you <laughs> know that this movie happens. Yeah, this was what it needed. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny because Stingray was like, I mean, a lot of his kung fu uh, ability wouldn't necessarily translate to the boxing league because he had the boxing gloves on and you theoretically can't kick people there. But um, I guess he was still powerful enough just with the gloves on. Um, I don't know. Another one where it's just like he starts as a boxer, you know, with his one flashback to motivate him or to you know give him his sex drive. Um, but then the rest of the way through the movie, he's killing people with Kung Fu and the majority of his like kicking moves. And uh, what was the claw? The Chinese claw, even though he studied Okinawa. in Japan. Yeah, the Okinawa Chinese claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like the claw move in itself is super slow moving. 
yeah, like no one ever sees it coming. Every they can't defend it. Slow as hell. <laughs> they can't defend the claw. It's it's, it's undefendable. <laughs> Undefeatable. Sorry. True. 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 You know what? I don't want to keep talking about rape, but we just need to talk about <laughs> it and then like move on, because again, that's what happens. Is Stingray is married and immediately comes home from this fight and rapes his wife. Uh, and then she leaves him and then he decides to start kidnapping everyone in the town that looks like his wife and also is wearing a floral dress and then rapes and kills them. Uh, hilarious moment though, that stingray after multiple, uh, multiple times tries raping his wife. Every time he brings her flowers though, you know, like he, <laughs> you know, like you bring your wife a flower cause you got in an argument. Stingray <laughs> brings his wife flowers after rape. Sorry, honey. <laughs> no, then he comes in the room. I got a surprise for you. Right after you rape her <laughs> ass. <laughs> it's just like, thanks, honey. Do you oh. think, was this the final, was this the final, how many times had his wife been raped? Was it the final straw or like, what was the backstory on her like meeting him? Was it a boxing event? And then that was kind of, they just kind of went from there. Uh, you know, yeah. Speaking of plot holes, it's like they didn't really, what was, yeah. How did this story come about? What did she, how, first of all, why is she with him? You know, a lot of times you're stuck there because you know, you have nowhere else to go. You're, you have no family from out of town. But it was just like, I don't know. She's he comes home, beats the fuck out of her, rapes her, and <laughs> makes him a burnt steak every every dinner. <laughs> I don't know what happened in Japan, but it seems like he came back from Japan a new man. Yeah, that's it, they keep saying that. Like he came back from Japan, but this movie takes place, like you said, in the 1990s. It's not like he came back from World War II. He came <laughs> back yeah. from like a a business trip in Japan. If, if you would have said, you know. <laughs> Man, I, you know, back when you came back from Nam, remember we came back from Vietnam, then we'd all kind of understand what's going on with his head. What's going on? It's like, what happened in Japan? Do you, you have bad sushi there? Or you just go nuts or what? <laughs> Saw some flower dresses and just that was crazy. Well, it seems like he's had issues since his mom left him as a kid. So it seems like he's been a rapey kid, a rapey <laughs> guy since like 14. So again, why would his wife be? Marrying him, like she probably knew, unless she just was one of those that's trying to fix him. But it, in this, in this sense, it's fixing being a rapist. That's I feel like that's a <laughs> tough fix. Yeah, and you're the direct victim there, so kind of you're taking on the full, uh, the full punishment. Uh, yeah. So there was there were the references to the mom and the mommy throughout the film. So there did have to be some like way further back, even before the Japan. So they kind of tried to, I think, package that together. Maybe his mom died in Japan or something. Or something. Wish we would have said something or shown something that made him go off the deep end, but they never did. Yeah. That's that's how I only get the 4.3 on IMDb. <laughs> I do man. like that when his wife is hiding. I think, I think this is the exact quote from Stingray. Honey, if you're hiding, I'll break your fucking neck. Like I feel like if you're threatening to break your wife's fucking neck, come she's on, not come gonna on come wherever up. you are. <laughs> I don't know. Break your fucking neck. I'm, I'm not claiming to be an expert on hide and seek, but I feel like that's one way to lose is by claiming to kill the person. <laughs> You'd come out of the closet right away. It's like it's me. I'm right here. And not and not me. and not to uh, you know to, or push back on the plot too much, but. You know, if <laughs> if if his wife had just reported him for domestic violence to the police, they probably would have had a better idea of who <laughs> was going around and killing people. Um, he would have been he would have been labeled as a threat. They would have already stopped by. But uh, it took them the first you know five to ten murders to start to narrow in on their potential <laughs> suspects. 
and the flower dress killer. Yeah. Yeah, at least like in Sleeping with the Enemy, the abuser was the police. So it's like he can't go to the police because in this movie, the police. it seems like the police need something to do. Like all <laughs> their, their only active situation is breaking up an underground fight <laughs> league. It's like there's no drugs. There's no murder. There's <laughs> there's nothing. There's no street, gay, like street violence other than people occasionally beating each other up. Like they need... They need domestic violence. They, they need, need something they to do. They need something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of smart Asian kids running around. <laughs> too smart for school. They have, they have high IQ. High IQs. Uh, IQ is too high. Street fights are the most dangerous thing in this city, which is funny. Like, there's no other... Like, usually in these movies, like, oh, the bad guys also deal heroin. Like, they have, like, another step of their badness. In this movie, like, the peak... Of the badness is like they just run an underground club. Like there's no, right, there's no they're not selling guns to the IRA. There's no, <laughs> no drugs, nothing. Yeah, they're just fight club, right? <laughs> yeah, which was like the clear disconnect between the money. At, like they had to get the money from somewhere, but right. there was no, there was no link on like you know there wasn't yeah. even a, anything that implied that they were you know selling drugs or selling arms or anything behind the scenes. Nope, the Chinese triads aren't there. The IRA is not there. No, nothing. The cartel, not, no, none of those people are in this movie yet. <laughs> Yet the bad guys are worth billions. Yeah, they're making money. <laughs> All right, I have a question for you too. Uh, Marty, you're married. Nick, you are in a serious relationship. Um, how often do you make out with your significant others in a parking garage? Because it happened quite a bit in this movie. Um, I'm trying to think. I My wife <laughs> as present? No, in a parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> I was raped once in a parking garage. I don't want to. Yeah, really the Jerry curl. That was, yeah, that, that wasn't really uh, any sensual going on there. Uh, I'm gonna say no. Then I'm gonna say no. Okay, does not turn me on. Not often. Okay, it seemed like they were getting hot and sweaty in a parking garage. I feel like that has to be top five worst places to have sex. Ooh, top five list. Yeah, I like where we're headed. I feel like we already <laughs> talked about having sex in a, on a graveyard. In that one movie we did during Halloween. I feel like a parking garage. Probably my worst would be my back turned to Stingray. (laughs) That would be my worst nightmare. He does get off, like, even in the fights. Yeah, even in the fights. It's like when he kills the guy, it's from behind. Like, everything's from behind. (laughs) You you want to stay in front of him. Yeah, there is... uh... Yeah, there is... uh... No, no, we can go. We can go. That. <laughs> it was going to be a stingray. Uh, Nick one. had like a, some dark memory he does want to bring up with stingray, but <laughs> yeah, it was a stingray vision. <laughs> the number of times I've made out in a parking garage, the true answer is probably zero. Um, it's never, yeah, it's never occurred to me. But just dirty floors, like needles, and hobo glass, urine. hobo urine, and then... yeah, it's like. I'd say, you know, 80% of the parking lots, there's at least, like, yeah, someone's in a corner. They've, it's like, put so their tent steamy. Up. It's, yeah, it's hot. It's, it's, it's disgustingly hot. Yeah. I just, or you're, like, in a weirdly dark area. Uh, there's just no good. I just think of the Sopranos, too, any time. But uh, on to Stingray. He has a huge home. The murder boxing must pay well. Because this guy has, like, a two-story home. His wife clearly just all day is just making steak. She's not working. I don't know. I don't know what the what the going rate for murder boxing is, but I might have to look into that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we were supposed to assume that his wife definitely is on it. Like, is just a stay at home wife. Yeah. Um, 
and he's yeah, those, he's got his own agent, right? Or whatever that guy is. I don't yeah, know. and the agent's like really involved with him and willing to put up with the fact that he is on a murder spree for a couple of weeks because he's that he's that big of a draw as a boxer. Yeah. So like he's getting a fight like every two weeks. If he's he's making like a hundred k every fight, he's making like two hundred k every week or every month. Without without pay per view too. Yeah, it's amazing. There's literally not one person in attendance. There was just a boxing ring and Stingray and another guy. There wasn't even a referee. Yeah. So who's <laughs> there's some some guy in a pay per view box, dig deep corner watching this. That's and it. These fights like on Tubi or something. <laughs> in reality, then yeah, it's like a dichotomy. But shouldn't Stingray have had a nicer house then if he was making that much money and had his own agent? But yeah, as we said when we were watching it. He's sharing the walls with like. Yeah, he's got a side by side, right? It's yeah, like, like it's a big house, a nice flat, but like this guy, like maybe it's part of his laying. He has to lay low and just you know blend in with so that the neighborhood watch doesn't notice him. Um, I don't know how his neighbor's not noticing his wife getting anally raped every <laughs> night. Screaming. <laughs> but yeah, that, he probably picked out that house because his next door neighbors are deaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. He, Another scene that they they cut out from the. The director is the final cut. Yeah, it'll explain it a lot. Yeah, he has Stingray has the capacity, the mental capacity for like a three year old child. So I, <laughs> it makes sense, like that he just doesn't doesn't have good spending habits. <laughs> Between the boxing and the mommy issues, he's clearly not right in the head. So it makes sense that he picks out you know, shitty home. <laughs> he was just sa- it, it. Yeah, maybe he was just satisfied with it, and it was a playoff of like. That was where, uh, you know, it was something. It was something to do with those two, uh, kind of those two repeating themes of the mother issue and, well, a, a good opportunity to rape people. Or like he lived in a home that was identical to the one he bought, mm-hmm. so that's probably mm-hmm. what it is. Like everything in his life has to be somehow reverted back to like when he was a child. His wife has to look like his mom. His house has to look like his household mom. That's good. Don't yeah. know what his backs have to look like, but. Uh... <laughs> Ideally floral patterned. <laughs> yeah. Dress has to be a floral. Yeah. You know, they could have done that to the movie too. Is like had her mom show her, his mom like in a floral dress or whatever. That would have been a good, right? Yeah. His mom wasn't in this movie. This is all just up to the imagination of how right. I mean, Stingray. Just, just throw, throw in one, uh, what do you call those memory scenes or what, you know, what they flashback scenes of his mom beating him. You know, with the, and he's got a floral dress on. It'd have been like made this movie ten, maybe get another two stars or something. But it'd been like uh, ten times better if you just shown that. Yeah, the symbolism really would have been more right. obvious instead yeah. of leaving it to us to fill in the <laughs> blanks. So is Stingray actually looking for his wife, or is he is he accepted that she's already in like a different state, and now he's just finding doppelgangers? That's every a good question. Every woman that he goes up to, you know, he says Anna, Anna. Well, I think a couple times he said Hannah too. So <laughs> whatever. But every one of these women are just like, no, you know. Do you think that would have clicked in after a while? It's like Anna, Anna. No. Yeah, there just it. happens to be no one ever witnessing this man abducting women. <laughs> Right. Murdering their boyfriends via the claw and then abducting him. There just happens to never be a witness. Yeah, he doesn't do it quietly. It's always like out in public, too. <laughs> yeah, he kills the bear in like a trailer park. <laughs> the bear. <laughs> I guess the thing is, does he also have like some type of memory loss issue? Because after he killed, like this movie could have ended theoretically after 
he killed the first Anna. Um, like he, you know, he kills the the world karate master in the parking garage and then kills the first Anna. But then it doesn't click to him that he's already killed someone, and so he just keeps <laughs> killing people in floral pattern dresses. But he has to know that that's not Anna at some point because <laughs> theoretically he already <laughs> killed he already killed in. them. But yeah, it's like yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. This actor, was it Don Niam that plays Stingray? Uh, yeah, Don Niam. He essentially just turns into Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator. Like, he becomes a robot, and he's like, Anna, you're coming with me. <laughs> it's like every time he just turns into a I just thought about like that, Nick. It's like, so after he kills the first Anna, wouldn't he be, like, satisfied? Yeah. Like, he killed Anna, right? So yeah, why does he like... keep killing more Annas? <laughs> I just thought about that now. It's like, that's right. You fucking killed Anna. You, you did your, you went out and did what you wanted to do. Kill your wife. So why do you keep killing more women in flower dresses? Yeah. I keep and, calling him Anna. And then the by by the time they get to the end of the movie when he is uh looking for Dr. Simmons, um it's kinda it's kinda weird because it feels like he has closed the loop by killing Anna multiple times, but he's then still searching for her and then not content with find you know, he has to find the person that was her uh psychologist, psychiatrist? Psychologist? I don't. I, who gives a fuck? She yeah. teaches psychology, but she also is, is a, a psychologist. Yeah, she's very good at karate too. And she's, <laughs> she knows yeah. karate. She practices in her free time. Everybody in this town knows karate too. Everybody. Is Everybody. Doctor Simmons wearing a floral dress at the end? Did mm. she fall into her own trap? I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. No, yeah. she's too. She was too smart for that. So he pivots from Anna, but then he still calls Doctor Simmons mommy. Yeah, I didn't get that part either. Yeah, I think that. Dr. Simmons was she realized that she was dealing with like the guy who was had you know the mental capacity of somewhere between like a three and five year old and so was he like clearly I guess what I was interpreting was he wasn't thinking correctly so he was a she when she like she undid her hair and posed as Anna but then she also like 30 seconds later posed as his mom um I, I don't know how that was possible for like that switch to flip but um yeah that was that was that was the weird thing at the end too <laughs> but but she wasn't wearing a floral dress i don't think in either or in that scene so now he's just pissed at his wife leaving because it's on the recommendation of the, his her psychiatrist exactly yeah but then the moment he sees her he's like oh that's my mom yeah it's like he couldn't recognize who that actually was and like the voices inside his head were like oh mommy after she rearranged her hair slightly he, he forgot <laughs> he forgot that he'd abducted the the psychologist it'd be really confusing too if his mom was actually named anna it would make sense <laughs> but then <it> would... <laughs> this movie just like i feel like they had like the final line and the final kill scene and then they're like all right let's just work backwards like we'll fill in like we'll tie a bunch of loose ends like we'll make <laughs> we'll make the sister's they, school teacher also the psychiatrist. They of. definitely did that. <laughs> She's got three jobs. We'll just tie it all together somehow. So Fuck it. Throw in some karate and we'll come back to it. We'll make it work. Yeah. <sighs> I do like how Stingray just turns into like a Dexter villain. Like at first he's just, he is a murderer, but he's doing it like his job. He's a hitman, you know, in the boxing ring. And then when Anna leaves him, he's like, well, now I'm just going to start cutting up people's limbs and putting them in freezers. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that switch turned, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a really quick evolution. Like, it, was, it wasn't like a, like a gradual where he did one thing and then it kind of built on it. It was just like that where he, yeah, he went 
from like his whole past was kind of unlocked and he went he went to the full 100. Okay, so I'm confused as to where this place is where he's putting his these eyeballs in a fish tank cuz that's clearly not his home. Uh, I think it's like his workout place cuz it showed like uh gotcha. those hitting bags, it showed a couple other like gym stuff, so I believe that's some warehouse that he used as his workout yeah. slash rape dungeon killing place. <laughs> Do you have any um, idea what's up with the eye gouging fetish? Like why he's taking people's eyeballs out? Again. <laughs> could have used that somewhere like a dream sequence or something where maybe his eye, maybe his mom, you know, poked his eyes when he was little or something. But yeah, I know. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Literally. <laughs> yeah. The whole eyeball poking out thing is just like, I, I yeah, no. Unless there was something specific to the type of karate that or kung fu that he was doing, that was like that was the symbolism behind it. Yeah, I'm if, sure there's like one person that's like a master at karate watching these films. Like they got it, they got the eye gouging technique <laughs> down to. <laughs> oh, maybe that what, what was a director guy named something Ho or Gangman Sai or whatever. Godfrey Ho. Godfrey Ho. Godfrey Ho had some kind of like eye fetish. I mean, who knows? Like the Quentin opposite Bizarro Quentin Tarantino instead of what's the eye. I have a I have a theory, don't know if this is you know correct, but this is my theory. Um, they strictly again they went back after rewriting that they had the final fight scene where they put Stingray like they claw they yeah. take out his eyes and then hook him up to that machine and they have that stupid one liner with like see you later and then they're like all right now we got to incorporate like a callback. Before with the him with eyes or something. I don't know. I feel again. I feel like they had three scenes written, and then they're like, "All right, we got to just well." Every scene, all these, the rest of the scenes have to revolve around these three scenes that I wrote. Yeah, they had that. They had the one liners produced, and they were like, "Well, I guess like let's just make this guy have an eye fetish so that this like ties out at the end." Yeah, because they really didn't have no um, what do you call those Arnold quotes in the whole movie until right at the end. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. again, it like, why did they sh- oh, the whole movie do something stupid like that, you know? But right at the end, it's like, they came up with those two, two lines, are like, oh yeah, we're going to throw these in there. We'll throw see you later. Another thing I need your help with, what's up with the red hair streaks? I didn't notice this until you pointed this out, where Stingray sprays two like lines and well, I saw the can, and the can was like one of those spray paint, like thin, like kids spraying their hair at Halloween and stuff. And that's why, and you and you were, you, you guys were saying, ah, oh, that's like hairspray. And I'm like, that kind of looks like spray paint. But he had, yeah, two red lines. The red lions, maybe? Devil horns? I, I had no dragons. clue. Red dragons? Yeah, I don't know so what. Red was in there? This movie's an enigma. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have no, I, my guess is. There was nothing behind it. He just wanted. He just thought it looked cool, and there was no deeper symbolism. Yeah, he just had that spray can. He's that can at home. He's like, "Fuck, I'm gonna put this in the movie." Yeah, it was like maybe it was. He's just gone rogue, and he's just like, "Fuck it," just spray paint both, just some lines into my hair, just like. This would be cool. That probably yeah. makes more sense. We tend to overanalyze these movies that make no fucking sense. They're <laughs> stupid as fucking shit that these what? writers and directors put no work into. And they were like, yeah, what was the symbolism behind the red streaks? <laughs> and it's like, probably this guy was just like, yeah, this is a choice he made two minutes before the shoot. Like, yeah, fuck it. It's going to look First thing I see when I see Godfrey, I'll tell you that right now on the street. Because you know what I do before <laughs> I go on? Hey, God. A- <laughs> what I call you, God? 
Godfrey. <laughs> hey, God, what's with these red streaks? Master Hull. <laughs> Master yeah. Hull. I was going to say, before <laughs> before I go on a uh, a murder spree, I make sure I'm identifiable, identifiable <laughs> as possible. They're like, yeah, it was that guy with the two streaks through his hair. But when there's no one else in the town who's ever around, like, I guess. I mean, I can't imagine that if... There's any other person in the town that wears double denim and has a jerry curl mullet, but if there is, there's probably just one other. And then the fact that you dyed your hair red, yeah, now you're pretty. What do you mean dyed? He's just like two streaks. Like oh, I'll hide from him now. <laughs> <laughs> they won't find me. <laughs> yeah, this guy is like a hundred and O in the underground boxing world, and nobody seems to know about him. He's like the Mike Tyson of underground boxing, yet. It's because it's so underground. <laughs> Even when they ask the gangs, they're like, yeah, like, we don't know him. Oh, uh, was, no, she says something. Yeah, I got here. Um, why do they call him Stingray? Well, it's because he's pretty brutal. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, it. that's it. That's why they call him Stingray. Yeah, okay. there was a lot of that. <laughs> hey, there was a lot of that. Hey, let's go. Go. Yay. Go, bear. Bear. <laughs> you know, just a lot of, like, stupid... <laughs> One line and like showing one person for like 10 seconds. See, Nick and I grew up in the culture of World Star, where like right as we started getting into middle school, high school is when people started having phones. Um, More high school, I guess I should say. But uh, now everything's recorded. If you're not in the fight, you're recording the fight. Was this how fights were back in the day, pre phones, where people were just like encouraging and like clapping and shouting words of positivity as others fought? Right. You go, bear. Yeah. But it was like, okay, your turn. The next guy. Yeah, go. <laughs> Yay, come on, bear. <laughs> yeah, it's very un-American being positive. That's, that was my takeaway was uh, no negativity, no like, fuck this guy. Or, oh, like, wait a minute. Uh, Bear's girlfriend was pissed when he lost. Yeah, she's bear. like, oh, bear. Yeah, it not seems like kid. Bear gets his ass kicked all yeah, the time. Yeah, because she's like, ah, oh, not again. But that also makes sense because he's living in a trailer park, so he can't be <laughs> winning any of these fights. <laughs> he's wearing shoulder pads <laughs> yeah. during the fight. Does... So much to go, Bear, uh, get rid of the pads. Yeah, it's a pretty bold nickname to be called Bear when you're like five foot eleven, a buck eighty. Yeah, like he should be called big. like the kangaroo or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did seem like it was probably a pretty common occurrence that bear is getting his ass kicked in those fights because i was gonna say this is like the worst day of bear's life is like he got absolutely obliterated by christy in the fight and then he goes home and then gets his ass kicked again and dies but yeah. in front of his trailer park yeah but i mean it like kind of made sense he was he was maybe the biggest loser of all the characters he definitely got his ass kicked like the, the the easiest yeah like he didn't really yeah he had no appeal his and, entrance and this, was longer than the fight yeah he's this weird guy with shoulder pads on who's yeah. just terrible at kung fu <laughs> he just goes home and really cracks open a beer you know yeah. at the trailer park um i have this question though like because uh, you said Mari, that like everyone in this town knows how to fight kung fu or like any type of martial arts from you know the pharmacist to the the pastor everybody seems to know some form of jujitsu um was just every wannabe actor in the 80s already a martial artist or is this like a, was that like did they already know this or was it like these are the only roles we can get we got to become martial artists <laughs> which one is it is it the chicken or the egg which one came first <laughs> i guarantee you though that every one of these actors Probably were. I bet you they probably did forty movies in that time period, 
because they were all ninja fighting movies. I mean, all you got to do is go on Wikipedia and just look up every one of these actors and click their movies, and they're probably all the same. Um, that was huge. And you know what? I It never turned me on. I, I hated all those movies. You never wanted to start, like, kicking trees and shit? <laughs> no. <laughs> After watching these movies in the yeah. 80s? <laughs> With my shin? Yeah. <laughs> no, kicking just, concrete boulders? I think Joel, wants, Joel was, like, huge into that. Start slapping around your friends a little bit? Yeah. Never, never, never got any of that time to play? I did not. Well, this the main actress that plays Kirsty, Cynthia Rothrock. Um, I've seen her in like other movies yeah. on Tubi, um, and I looking up her IMDb now. She was in two movies with Jackie Chan, like in China or whatever Japan, China, wherever those movies were made, Taiwan. So like, she's legitimately like a good, martial arts. Yeah. yeah, like it seems like they they she looked familiar. Yeah, hired martial artist. And then they're like, all right, we got the martial artist. Now we got to teach them how to act. But they didn't <laughs> do that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, we got the martial arts, but fuck. It's it. like, what would be easier to teach an actor martial arts <laughs> or to teach a martial artist how to act? And it seems like they chose the latter. Yeah. Or to, you know, combine the roles, like maybe not have the actor do their own stunts or have them do a portion of them. But they, or they just didn't get the highest caliber of martial artist actors it did seem like they did their own stunts though that that jeff the the karate champion when he gets thrown off like three story <laughs> parking garage balcony by stingray like that's still him taking a dive off a car and onto the ground like he did not get paid <laughs> well enough for this movie i can guarantee you that yeah i'm not sure this movie had the budget for um for stunt doubles um so i think that's why they maybe that's why they went the mixed martial artist route um, maybe there were, you know, there was a higher propensity of films that were specifically martial artists. I don't know if there, like, was it maybe like one for every ten in the '90s was a martial arts movie. I don't know if there's, if that's still correlating to today. Like, can't think of a ton of kung fu movies that are still coming out now. <laughs> Other than like movies, uh, animated kung panda movies. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of kung fu <laughs> movies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> This movie was only 90 minutes, which is hard to believe. Uh, and they really don't, like, start a homicide investigation until, like, minute 65. Like, they're bringing in people to, like, identify, like, martial arts techniques and not even looking for the killer. So, Gene, you said this movie is 90 minutes. If you were to fast forward the pre-fights in this movie... <laughs> this movie would be like 40 minutes because <laughs> every fight that they had, it's a stare down back, forth, back, forth, and huh? And it's just like, so yeah, this was like probably a good 15, 20 minutes of nothingness. I gotta say, watching it today and last night, I think it really felt like it was at least a two hour film. So, Nick, you watched it last night drunk, and now you watched it sober. Should you watch it drunk? Should you stay drunk? You know, <laughs> you I also think... didn't remember half the scenes. <laughs> to yeah. make. You're yeah. like, I'll remember this or less. I'll remember this or less. Well, we were multitasking. True. Um, so I think I missed, I think I did miss like the first half of the movie. And honestly, after watching it a second time, I think the first time was better where you have like, <laughs> yeah, you have minimal attention on it for the first like 50 minutes because there aren't really, yeah, as you said, there's not like a ton of things going on. The police aren't doing their job. Yeah, it's like, okay, so we'll they don't do really the... have a suspect. They're just like these rival gangs. There's kind of two separate plots almost. 
It's well, like, yeah, because Christy's doing the work of the detective part, but she's getting it all wrong. She thinks that rival gangs have killed her sister, that have gouged her sister's eyes out and murdered her. And, and then the cops are bringing in guys from China <laughs> to identify, like, scratch marks on people through fights. <laughs> like, what technique was used? That was so politically incorrect. <laughs> and we have a guy... A specialist. Now, right before he even showed, I'm like, ah, he's fucking Asian. I give it to you. Like, yeah, to Oh my god, that's the way he was talking. It was just yeah. like, holy shit. It was even an Asian guy. It was, it was Mickey Rooney. Another, I, th- I want to say another important point about the movie length and the details was uh, they really didn't make. It, it wasn't even obvious to me last night that. Christie's sister died. It was such a short portion of the movie because it was kind of confusing how they uh, they were killing all the people that looked the same. That, yeah, I, me too. I so, was like, which one was Christie's? Did one of these die? That was Christie. <laughs> yeah, so they only spent like three minutes where he like stops at her house and he's like, just casually breaks the news: your sister's dead. Uh, <laughs> she and- said, "No, she. Your sister died." Horribly. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. No, wait, did he say? Did he, didn't he say? Uh, we think your sister was murdered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a, we're not that's, sure. We just need you to the identify worst the thing body. To say to somebody, it's like we think this person. You know, you're a really good friend. We think they were murdered. <laughs> it's like, what, what, what's going on here? Was she dead? Is she murdered? What's going on? <laughs> and then they bring her in to identify her, but her eyes have been taken out, and like her face, like. You can't like that's a pretty distinguishable feature. I mean, you still, I assume, <laughs> yeah, it was but, hard to look. But there's like blood all over her face, and it's like, oh, this is, yeah, I, I, I don't think that you should be put. That doesn't seem like something that you would need someone to ID. I for. wouldn't be able to ID somebody that had like their eyes gouged out and like their face and like body mutilated if they're naked. Like if one of you were wearing, like I noticed, like your what clothes you wear, I could identify you. But she was like in the morgue naked like there's no way i would be able to identify that but yeah that that's my biggest gripe with this movie oh you'd, old... you'd be able to identify me Gene, if i was naked <laughs> why is that <laughs> distinguishable features you know a third nipple or something <laughs> yes it's the word on my penis God. Oh yeah, that's it. That's the one Eric's seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, of course I remember. Oh that. yeah, I'm gonna grow up with daddy issues and start killing people. Now. <laughs> it's all coming full circle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Special shout out to that doctor in the morgue who uh, <laughs> was his line. <laughs> oh my god, this is a- gonna be painful. <laughs> this is going to be painful. I wrote him down as my heart and soul award. Uh, to stand there and stole it. Yeah, but it was weird because this movie, I think he kills like 15 separate Annas in like the whole movie. And every time he kills the person that's with said Anna, and then he is about to abduct Anna, and then we never see it. Like we never see him take an Anna, we never see him kill the Anna. All then we see is like the mutilated body in a freezer or in a warehouse or like dumped on the side of the road. We never actually see him, what he does with the Anna. Although there is one time there's a woman that's like being like drawn and quartered. So that was weird. While he was doing martial art like practice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it's funny. We watch him kill the guy, but never. It's a pretty good point. Never thought about that one until, yeah, kind of now. Yeah. Um, if I told you that every character sans Christie was a lab-made robot, like I, I think I would believe that. 
because everybody in this movie doesn't show emotion at any point. They, they deliver their lines as if they're reading it off like a teleprompter <laughs> yeah. directly in front of them. <laughs> I thought the Red Dragons were the only ones who really, who really had the emotion. It's just they didn't have the right emotions. They were a little into in, too enthusiastic. The, the Asian guys, the one that could that yeah. go to college. Okay. Yeah, they had too high, too high IQ. Too high IQ. Well, they also didn't have like any discernible traits other than like not going to college. Like every time that they're they're in there, like yeah, we're Christie's friends and we're not enrolled in college. Like, that was <laughs> that was like four lines in the entire movie that they just kept. Like every time they were introduced, it was like the same line. Being in college is like yeah, the theme of this movie. Was higher education. Higher yeah. education, yes. And women can have money. <laughs> so there was like three times in this movie where they questioned whether uh, Christy, um, how much money she had. And they're like, how do you have that much money? <laughs> yeah, they were You're shocked to find out a woman has like $1,000 right, on her. Yeah. They were shocked <laughs> to find out that she could have her own bank account. <laughs> yes. Really? You have your own bank You can do your own checking account? Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, she's like kicking all these guys' ass, and they still don't respect her at all. <laughs> no, no. She's like a thousand and two in her fights, and they're like, "Yeah, this this yeah. woman can't even tie her fucking shoes, <laughs> let alone have ten dollars in her wallet." Make me a steak, bitch. And she's the only one of the red dragons that actually ever fights. Like they right. have the, they have the guys. Yes. Of course, they're Asian, but yes, um, <laughs> yeah, she's kicking everyone's ass, but can't somehow be have money they're like wait where'd you get the money yeah she should be like hey motherfuckers i paid for you know i went to mcdonald's again on me <laughs> what are you guys gonna do what, what come on help out here i kick some ass i'm making money yeah johnny joe i paid for your rent for the last three fucking <laughs> months all you do is encourage me at this fight it's so like why don't you fight one time go christy yeah, <laughs> yeah. really go christy that's all you got <laughs> At least in the Karate Kid, like the, the the third and fourth string are getting fights too. In this movie, it's literally just Christy has all the weight on her shoulders. Yeah, yeah, Christy and uh, Stingray doing all the fighting. Yeah, um, it is funny knowing that Anna escapes in this movie, and we never see her again after she leaves. Mm-mm. And it's kind of funny knowing that like she's probably now like in Portland, Maine, just like living her life as like a a waitress or, you know, like a server at some seafood restaurant, not knowing that her husband has brutally murdered 40 people she that probably, look like yeah, her. Yeah, she probably sees the news and just like, <laughs> oh, someone in another floral dress just got murdered. <laughs> Glad I'm not there. <laughs> I know who the killer is, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Yes, you're right. Wouldn't it be national news and you'd be, yeah. think there would be a hotline and be like, yeah, this is my husband that I'm right. escaping from? Yeah, that's what I mean. I, it, Hi, this is Anna. <laughs> yeah, th- there was no mention of this, like, you know, a serial killer making the news and then no mention of her giving any tips about the domestic <laughs> violence and like, yeah, this is probably my guy. He's looking for me. Um, so maybe it was a, you know, technology thing. You guys are taking all my topics. <laughs> oh, no. I had, Anna was my bad person. But uh, yeah, like, I know these movies like have a limited budget, but surely you could have like paid one actor in an FBI coat. Like, the moment that Stingray kills, like, the 40th person in this movie, like, 30 minutes in, surely he could have been like, all right, now the FBI is involved, is involved and they're coming at it. They're looking at ways of mar- kick marks on <laughs> techniques right. to, 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 to figure out who the no, murderer we're, is. No, we're going to keep Abbott and Costello on the fucking case here. <laughs> yeah, we've got <laughs> two, two guys on this. Yeah, there's no They're not even, elevation. half the time they're just, like, doing martial arts practice. They're not <laughs> <Right>. even, <laughs> no. they're not even doing any police work. They're not doing any 
investigating, like going to leads or houses or anything. And the one time they do, they just immediately give up on the lead. They find this guy by sheer luck. That like that just the psychologist happened to remember about floral dresses. Like they yeah, don't solve the murder. Yeah, the psychologist yeah. is the one that told him about it. Yeah. So they would have still been yeah, if they had never actually gotten that lead, they this guy probably would have killed another like hundred people. <laughs> uh it just kinda happened to fall into their lap so that they could do the mixed martial art to, you know, finally beat the final boss. They bring in this like Chinese martial artist and they just take his word for as who the serial killer is. Like they don't do any other police work. They're like, oh this guy is has to be one of these one of three Americans. Like <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty fortunate that there were only three Americans that knew that one technique. And how does this guy like know that it's only three Americans? Surely, like this guy is he just traveling back and forth from Okinawa constantly? Like, how does he know that there's only three Americans? How's the, o- <laughs> the only possible way is they he's got a register- Rolodex of <laughs> yeah, they have to register in a database. <laughs> oh man, this fucking movie! Should we just go off two segments and then if we think of some, sure. we can circle back? Yeah, let's do that. All right, Golden Onion, worst worst part of this movie, worst thing. Anna, to me, <laughs> we we discussed that, so that's I'll I'll just say what Anna. part of Anna? Well, her like cooking. I said, <laughs> that's good. Lily, she all she makes is cauliflower for her well, husband. Well, she did burn the steak when she was getting annually raped. So, well, that's not her. That's, <laughs> that's not, I can't blame her. That's, that's hard. To, it's hard to. <laughs> you still ate it though. <laughs> he fucking took it. It's off hard him. to turn over the, the Bunsen no, burner it, when you're getting raped. Yeah. I'm telling you, because she didn't. She just said left and never like came back. She had to know people are getting murdered from her hometown. You know, who were called Anna wearing floral dresses, and she did nothing about it. She just said, "No, I'm. I'm not going to talk about this. I'm out of here." So yeah, that's how did point. she escape? Did she just like take a bus one day? Or, again, again she she clearly has no money. No women cannot have money. Right, so she has no money. Uh, how did she did she walk to Florida? Where she how did she get? <laughs> that's true. How did a woman escape <laughs> on her own? How did that happen with her brain cells? Right, <laughs> tiny brain cells. <laughs> Nick Golden Onion. All right, so this is worst person or, or just, worst or anything worst part of the movie. Yeah, any, anything that was the worst. Man, there are a lot of good candidates. I genuinely think that the last scene of the movie is the worst scene with the with the two puns on the eye and him getting onto the crane with his eyeball and then getting pulled away. I think that they could have picked any other way for him to get to get to die and then not had the puns at the end. Uh, but it was kind of fitting for the movie overall. Can we talk about that scene real quickly? Because now I'm. Just kind of just like thinking about it. How do you die from just like getting your eyes gouged out? Like I feel like that it's not enough blood uh, loss, right? There's no. Well, like, if the hook goes in deep enough, it might like hit the brain. Seems like he got like crucified, where he was just kind of <laughs> hanging by the eyeballs, and then like the blood loss. I don't know, but that was a quick death. I think the first eyeball that he got. Um, was like a hook or something, it was like a nail wall. or something. Nail yeah, yeah. Was that just... would have probably done more damage than the second eyeball. Was that just a nail <laughs> sticking out of the wall <laughs> that he got hit with? Um, yeah, not a doctor, but it does seem like he wouldn't have actually died just by getting hit with the two. No, he'd have hung there for like a, a good it three or been, four hours. It would have been the most painful death as yes, he like gradually yes. bled out, and like maybe he doesn't even bleed out. As everybody's high five and yeah. <laughs> Maybe Shit. Godfrey Ho was just tired of him yelling because every while he's getting lifted up, he's like, ah, 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 
<laughs> like, I can't let this go on for three hours. That's how long it takes you to bleed out. So, yeah, just end this now. I thought when you talked about the last scene, I thought you talked about the worst scene is when they had a five-way high five to, <laughs> to end this movie. At the cemetery. That was pretty good. Uh well. The surprise enrollment. I enrolled you into college. No, that's funny because I enrolled you into college. I'm, I'm scared to, to potentially steal any more thunder. But then the other high five. What are they high five? Uh, him and uh, Nick oh, when and the psychologist come in, like that psychologist is hot. And, and then right, is that how it was? No, you no. Get, wait. He has tickets to the game. Oh, yeah, tickets <laughs> to the game. Got, I got tickets to the game tonight, and they give the weakest like, <laughs> like three finger kind of a, a high, five. high five. Yeah. yeah. Like, like when you're two nerds that they show high five and that was basically it was like ah they miss yeah. what kind of basketball is played in this city <laughs> big three it's the Tulsa drillers G League basketball they got G League now no, in Tulsa no big three big, big three, three. alright the Globetrotters are in town <laughs> I got front row seats of the Globetrotters center court Globetrotters C team <laughs> the generals got this one. It's not a WNBA team. Nah, women can't play basketball. <laughs> Actually, Tulsa, Tulsa didn't Tulsa have a WNBA team and they moved. The Tulsa Shock, right? Isn't that the then they moved to uh, Vegas? Vegas Aces, not an or is that Dallas team? Wings? Maybe they moved from Tulsa to Dallas. That's what it was. Either way, Tulsa did have a maybe. maybe <laughs> they're going, maybe they had WNBA tickets. Who knows? Um, my Golden Onion. It's got to go to the bear because oh, wearing yeah. shoulder pads to a fight, just restricting any movement in your arms in a in a fight where you solely use your arms is got to be the worst decision made. But it saved him for those two punches that theoretically would have hit the shoulder pad. So you know, trade offs. <laughs> yeah, like if you, anything, like wear a hockey mask. That way, if you get punched right. in the face, like that yeah. would do more damage to the person punching you. His character should have had like a full bodysuit. And just like a knife, like coming in, yeah, coming in like a knight or something. I don't know, just something a little bit more out of left field than this. No guy guns, does. no knives, or like a bear claw, like he has like <laughs> like Wolverine bear claws attached to his knuckles, something or anything else. <laughs> it just looks like he, like yeah, it's just like he came out of football practice, but like didn't know what to do with his shoulder pads, so he just kept wearing them. Yeah, it would have been more like made more sense if he had like a Letterman's jacket, like he had that kind of. He's still stuck in the past, kind of. He, like, stole the Letterman's jacket because he actually didn't make the team. Because he was like, the biggest loser. Yeah, JV Letterman jacket on, yeah. Love it. All right, uh, Hugh Lewis, Heart and Soul Award. Uh, I'm going to go with the morgue guy. <laughs> I felt sorry for that guy because you knew he had one line. He was, trying to, he was, like, trying to nail it. Like, you know, he could just, like, stand there looking straight ahead. <laughs> You're like, okay, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, you're up. Go. He's like, what did he say? He said, here she is. What you're, you're about to see look, is uh, grotesque not, or something. Yeah, you're not going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> but the way he is like, perfect set, is just like, yes, I nailed it. That's my heart and soul. I have two choices. Um, I hope you choose the one that I don't choose. But I... I'm gonna go with. You can go with two. I'll give you two. I'll go with the red jack or the red dragons, the backup guys, um, and kind of the yeah. I, like I think that the fact that they for a movie go that, Christy go for the movie that had no female empowerment, <laughs> they did have that. They were like perfectly cast and like they didn't do anything, but their lines are perfect the entire time. About the you know we've touched on it a little bit about like they're not smart enough for college, but they have too high of an IQ, 
and then getting <laughs> getting enrolled at the end. But but the fact that they don't die and they still make it through all the way and they let Christy do the fighting, they're like they are the heart and soul to try hard the ward. Having um, the common sense to encourage lying, all that, all the good stuff that <laughs> gang members do. Yeah, and then the second guy is um, Nick's right hand man, who unfortunately gets shot in the neck to die. <laughs> um, but breathe, <laughs> breathe, damn it! It's like I got shot in the fucking neck. How am I gonna breathe? <laughs> He's like breathe. <laughs> how about how about putting your finger on? The blood, so I stop. The, stop that bullet hole. Yeah, instead of just like yelling, breathe into my face. Great, great scene where neither of them are even remotely like considering the possibility of being shot at. Both out, out uncovered, no taking no cover as they unload like four rounds of bullets coming nowhere near hitting him. They shot the one, coat. Yeah, they, Stingray throws his coat in the air, and they both oh, like fall the for the coat. trick and just like, bam, bam, bam. Un- unload a clip into a coat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he gets the—he's also the heart and soul because he's just constantly there to encourage Nick, getting no positive feedback except for you know getting center court tickets for the one basketball game. But not a ton of lines, kind of around, but constantly enthusiastic and upbeat. Um, Did we know his name by the by the way? Did he have a name? Uh, Nick's Nick's sidekick. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember them ever using a name no, for him. No. We could. I could maybe try to find Detective him, Mike. Yeah. It was Mike. Detective. I don't. I don't know if I'd call him a detective. I don't think he qualifies for that. <laughs> no. no. There was an undercover cop on IMDb. I don't remember an undercover cop. <laughs> <laughs> Just Let's getting not get too much into this now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my Huey Lewis Heart and Soul Award goes to the steak post rape scene. Uh, <laughs> It was a little overcooked, but I mean, it still looked pretty, pretty tender. <laughs> I, I was salivating a little bit. I, I, it wasn't because of the rape; it was because of the give, steak. You're gonna give it to the steak, All right. yeah. <laughs> rape steak. <laughs> nothing, nothing, rape. nothing better than rape steak. You gotta yeah, give it to Stingray for eating the side that hadn't been cooked. Damn it! I should have used that for my one word: rape steak. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I feel like after a rape, like anything tastes probably amazing. You've just murdered a guy. You've raped your wife. Like I, I think you're eating anything. Really, you're eating. You're eating. You're, you're eating raw meat. Like you're you're fucking devouring whatever's on that plate. Like you don't give a fuck. You just done. You just be committed murder and you're rape. You don't give a fuck how much you eat. Yeah. Just like, ah. the should, I, should I ask for a one or just like just nah, better not. Oh, I just raped you, but no, I can't cook. I can't eat this steak that's a little overcooked. Yeah, that's not that's not computing. C word of the movie. Who is your C word of the movie? Uh, mine's cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's good. I'm giving Stingray. He's the C word of the movie, and he's clawy. Every <laughs> every uh, other mo- uh, he's there's a lot of kung fu, but he's always got the claw ready and ready to go, ready to ready to do some Temple of Doom type shit to your your esophagus. My C word of the movie ties into my last one. It's college. Yeah, <laughs> college. Yes. Which <laughs> which it was yes. It, we did the one. The only one thing we didn't touch on was Christy's sister when she went to go skip class. The professor who, oh yeah, the professor who was also the psychologist. Is that right? Yeah. Um, she was just cool with it. She's like, whatever, just make it back to class tomorrow. <laughs> she kind of low key dissed the Asians in the in the Red Dragon tri- uh, uh, gang because she's like, who are these? Your 
abnormal psychology test subjects. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> just normal guys hanging out with, like, <laughs> low-key diss there. Yep. Um, oh, shit. Um, do you have, like, a prequel, sequel, remake for this movie? I don't, but if either of you do. Uh... Well, you know, I always like to like insert characters that, uh, like the bear. I'd like to see how it came about, like his pre, like a prequel of like bear when he was younger, maybe <laughs> losing like high school JV wrestling matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The prequel, the prequel I don't want to see would be uh, Stingray's backstory, as long as it was still directed by the same guy. I mean, I would have liked to know his backstory, but I don't need a movie of him and like his mother when he was six. We get a prequel and we still don't know what's happening about his, his <laughs> yeah. backstory. You know? Just fascinated with, like, three things. You know, I, got, I need to know, I need a sequel in this movie because I was confused as to who was the love partner in this movie because it seemed like the psychologist was giving off the vibe when they were, like, when him and her and the detective were trying to figure out the murder they kind of were given a will they won't they and then all of a sudden at the end of the movie it's christy and the detective that are like lovey-dovey so i was confused as to what was going on from a sexual standpoint in this movie uh i don't know um yeah i see that um i don't think this movie is pretty under this movie just came out this year to dvd into 4k it's kind of it was one of those movies that was forgotten and that's now on Tubi in 4k so there's like no reviews at all for this movie um would you well i guess do you do you have somebody how was this person not in this movie but it's tough for these these b movies nah, I, I, really, I never thought about that yeah it's a tough one so let's just go on to uh would you recommend this movie drunk high sober um sticking a needle in your arm full of heroin no um i would say drunk definitely i would say grab some of your buddies Get yourself a case of Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. <laughs> sit down and put this movie on. It it's worth the watch. There's, I mean, we do we've done movies where they're like just piles of shit. It's like, don't. These, this one's worth watching. It's fun. It's a good drunk movie. I would adamantly agree. I uh, <laughs> having watched it in two of those different forms, both drunk and sober. The drunk, I think, did. Yeah, I think I said it a little bit earlier. It made a lot of sense because you don't have to watch the plot exceptionally closely i mean it helped to be able to get a lot of the details on the second side but like the kung fu was fun um the plot was kind of dumb so you can kind of skim through that but yeah the kung fu was fun and ultimately some gory scenes and entertainment so yeah it was good yeah, i'm gonna pay homage to uh the olden days of prohibition and i'm gonna recommend <laughs> drinking this movie with uh with methanol which will <laughs> cause you to go blind in honor of all the eyesight that was lost in this movie uh, so <laughs> yeah so at the end you, you can i'm gonna keep an eye on you <laughs> don't want to see you later yeah. all right any other final comments about the movie undefeatable anything we missed anything you want to get your uh, get off your hairy chest <laughs> no fun movie worth watching if you haven't already which you should you should watch before you listen to this podcast. And then what are we watching next week? Um, we're gonna do the room. Finally, we're gonna do like a live audience. We're gonna try something. We got some new. I have given hardware. my blessing. Yeah, I've got some uh, a new setup here that we feel that we can have people join us without causing chaos. So we're gonna try that. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, thank you for joining yes. today. Thanks, Nick. Co-hosting, uh, taking the spot of Joel. You were seamlessly uh, 
<laughs> flawless uh, like you've never left the podcasting world anytime anytime thanks for having me on pleasure all right thanks bud all right peace out everybody all right Back to the time.